How are you guys doing today? You guys doing good? I'm back. I'll be back one more time a month from now. You know, I, I, I realized a month ago when I was up here, I gave you guys a schedule on, on how we're going to be speaking so you can find out who you wanted to listen to, Mr. Ward, and mark it on your calendar so you can be here. And I think it was like the very next week, that schedule went out the window. You got to love how planning works, huh? You got to love how it goes. Should I pray it in, guys? Heavenly Father, I thank you, Lord, for this beautiful day. I pray, Father God, that uh, you remove any nerves, you remove any distractions, you remove any, any influence that's going to keep us from hearing your word, Father God. Let it be your words that come out of my mouth. Let it be your truth that comes out of my heart. I pray these things in Jesus' name. And all the church says, amen. Let me set my timer here. We got half an hour because we got communion today. So I'm not going to test your patience too much. Half an hour. So hey, we are on the fruit. We've already discussed fruit of the Spirit. One fruit, not many. I opened up with peaches and how we grow peaches and how the trees come up and all this beautiful stuff. And a couple of days ago, my sister tells me, hey, she, we have a group chat for the family. She puts on there, hey, I'm going to uh, Sacramento, Yuba City, where my parents are. If anyone wants anything, and I said, I want some peaches because it's peach season. So I was talking to my dad, and he's telling me how great the, the peaches aren't as uh, plentiful this year. So he's telling me all this, and I, I'm just, yeah, so, so who's going to send me some? You know, because that overnight shipment works wonders in modern age technology. I didn't get my peaches. But it is one fruit, Galatians 5, 22 and 23. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, also known as long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such, there is no law. What does that mean? Against such, there is no law. It means if you exhibit, if you display these characteristics, no one can find fault in you. So one thing I used to always tell some of my, my employees back when I used to manage was, you know, just do your job. Don't let them find fault in what you're doing. Do it to the best of your ability. If you have these nine characteristics or you display these nine attitudes, people can't really find a fault in you. What are they going to say? Steve, I don't like the way you were patient yesterday. Right? I mean, that, that you're going to say it? Don't wag your finger. She was telling me this the other day. We were out on the sidewalk talking, and every few minutes, you know, don't, don't point your finger. Don't, don't. But right? You can't find fault in that, right? You know, hey, you were a little too gentle in how you addressed that situation. You were a little too joyful as we were going through this event, right? It's just, you can't find fault. But today, we are speaking of patience. And again, these are characteristics. These are, are ex examples of of what a Christian should be, right? That, that's how you identify a Christian. So if I was to give you some characteristics, what comes to your mind? If I was to tell you I'm a fruit, I'm yellow, and I'm sour, 
add some sugar, add some water, and you got some of the best stuff on earth. You would know the IMA. There's always one. But you got the color right. Good job, right? You'd be a lemon, right? If I was to say that you're miserly, mean, lacking joy, or lacking a giving spirit, and all you say is, bah, humbug, who would I be describing? Scrooge. Yes, Scrooge, right? You got long pointy teeth, a little pale of skin, and you love the night. You don't come out in the day. You are a vampire, right? They're characteristics, character is, they, they are uh, words that describe what you are. These are just that for Christians. They help describe us. And sometimes it may be a little off because some lemons aren't quite yellow. Some lemons do have a sweetness to them, right? But the overarching characteristics still fit. So, and we have nine of them. Love, joy, peace, patience, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. So makes it real easy. Today, we are discussing patience. What is patience? A willingness and ability to, to suppress restlessness or annoyance when confronted with delay. The definition of long-suffering is a little more fitting here. Enduring injury, I already don't like it. Enduring injury. Trouble, provocation, long and patiently. Long and patient endurance of injury, trouble, or provocation. See, normally you come to my sermons and they're fun. They're joyful. They make you laugh. This one's not going to make you laugh. This one's a little bit, you know, because patience is one of them things that tries you. We, we, we all have that person that says, hey, don't pray for patience. If you pray for patience, you're going to get a lot of opportunity to fail, I mean, to, to, to try and gain patience, right? It is one of them things that's it's not easy. Waiting, you know, and, and that's usually what we think about when we say patience is just waiting. I like to be at events early. We were talking about this the other day. I like to be places early. So I like to leave early to make sure there's no obstacles, there's nothing in the way. And, and I was joking. I said, yeah, I'm always waiting on three things. My wife, my child, my mother-in-law. It's never me because if I'm waiting on myself, I'm not waiting. I'm just getting ready, right? It's never me. I, I'm never the problem. Just doesn't happen that way. It happened this morning, didn't it? We were ready. We were heading out the door, uh, you know, and, and, and I put a coat on, and I looked in the mirror, and I was like, oh, that just does not work. I had on a, a white T-shirt with, with a, a, a khaki-colored coat, and it just, I looked washed out. And e even my wife, who cannot match to save her life, looked at me and said, yeah, no. So they were patiently waiting for me. They, they, they were kind. Thank you. They waited. Right? But that's patience, long-suffering, right? 
again, when, when you're trying to get ready to get to church on time, it can be a little harrowing, right? That patience, the ability to sit and let a brother poke at you and poke at you and poke at you and poke at you and poke at you and, right? It's that ability, right? That, that patience. And all I could think is that puppy dog that sits there and lets you pull the ear and pull the tail and, you know, take the ball and never throw it. That's patience. That's patience. But that's still an easy type of patience, right? How about ignoring that back pain while you're on the floor playing with your child? And your child being able to say, I get it, Daddy. You're tired. You can take a break now. Such a kind, sweet child, right? Or allowing your coworker to pick at everything you do. You can do no right. Or that coworker that takes all the credit and gives all the blame. We have some of those, right? I don't. Yeah, we all have those, right? How about um, the typical bad mother-in-law? I have a great mother-in-law, so, you know, I have no problems here. But it's one of them tropes, right? That bad mother-in-law. The patience you need to endure her, right? To suffer the slings and arrows of life's misfortunes. Her chance to sleep. Right? That's suffering. Gaslighting. That's an interesting one. Patience to endure that. All that life throws at you. It's not easy, right? Why do we need it? The ESV in um, James chapter 1, verse 2 to 4, one of my favorite verses, one of my most frustrating verses, puts it this way. My, my iPad is so much smaller than yours, sir. It puts it this way. Count it all joy my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And let steadfastness have its full effect that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Beautiful words. We all want to be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. But man, what we got to do to get there is not easy. I like it better in the New King James Version. It's almost the same words, but a few are different. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. When you fall, right? I didn't mean to do this. I didn't plan on it. it I fell into this situation. Knowing that the testing of, that's a typo, forgive me, the typing, the, the, typing, the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Once again, if we go through this process, as we keep experiencing these moments, we get better at it. We, we get a little more perfected. And through that, we can say we lack nothing. You guys with me so far? Shall we look at a couple of... Um, Examples? Why not, right? 
We're at church. This is what we do. The perfect work. How do we get to the perfect work? I'm sorry. Before that, provocation. Provocation, trouble, and delay. If we go back to that first example, enduring, enduring injury, trouble, or provocation, right? Because again, most times when we think patience, we think I got to wait. When's this sermon going to be over? I told you, 30 minutes. You have 21 minutes, 20 minutes, and 30 seconds left to go with me, right? I already gave you the timeline. Most people think that's patience, but enduring injury, trouble, or provocation. 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 Right? Because we all got that brother... That provokes us. Man, she's good. She's good, right? Provocation. And we see this with David. We all know the story of David. David was, this, was, was a shepherd boy. David was a nobody. He was overlooked constantly. He was an afterthought. When Samuel came to anoint the next king, he came to the house of Jesse and he said, hey, Bring me your sons. And he was so excited, he brought all of his sons, save one, the one that's always overlooked. And Samuel had to say, ah, such a strapping young lad, but no. Ah, brilliant, a beautiful, bold boy, but no. Uh, No. Hey, don't you have any other sons? Well, there's one. But, you know, he's out, on, he, he's out on the farm tending the sheep. That's all he's good for. And David was brought in. He was anointed. He had the oil poured on him by the priest. He was anointed and told, you are going to be the next king of all these people. And what happened? Pop said, son, thank you very much. Please, the sheep are waiting for you. He went right back to the sheep. Patience to endure. And he hasn't even started the troubles, the provocations, and, and, and the, the pain. That came later. David, the gentleman that came and said, who is this Philistine that dares say these words about my God? With my sling and my stone, I will take him out. And he did. And once again, he was still relegated to that position of nothingness. The same man that was given the daughter of the king to wed, which is, again, a prominent position to have, but yet he was still set aside. The man that was playing his instruments to calm the king, and he would have javelins thrown at him. Does that not Bear provocation? Don't you know who I am? I'm the next king. King? Who do you think you are to be throwing these javelins at me? He did it. David, the same man that ran away and hid and was chased. 
time and time again. At one point, the word says that David, he dropped off his family, his, his parents, and said, please take care of my parents, for I know not what the Lord will do with me. The next king didn't know where he was headed. He knew not what the Lord had in store for him because the current king was out to kill him. The same David that encounters this king in a cave and everyone's telling them, this is it. This is it, king. This is your chance. Take him out. And what did David say? Woe be it for me to cause harm to this king. And even then, when he tore off a piece of that garment so he can come back and tell the true king, I, your life was in my hands. I spared you. He still was remorseful for the action that he took to cut his garment. How dare I lay my hands on the king? Not once, twice he did this. Patience to endure suffering. He was living in a cave, begging for food sometimes. He actually, you know, Scripture says, when you look at it, he was kind of the modern-day Robin Hood. He was taking money, he was taking food and giving it to villages that need it. But locations that were being uh, raided and having their stuff taken away, he would go track them down, get the stuff back, and give it back to the people, right? So, but while he's doing this, what's he doing? He's building up a relationship. He's building up some collateral. And so when the time finally came and news came to him, I killed the king. I saw him there standing with a sword in his side and knowing that he was going to perish, he asked that I should finish him off and end his suffering. And what did David do? He still killed the gentleman that killed the king. Right? Patience to endure, to suffer, to, to have that steadfastness, to just let it all, all provocation, all trouble, all injury. But don't you know what he did to me? He gave me this little paper cut on my finger. I must retaliate. And revenge is a dish best served cold and multiplied. So I must heap more coals and even more coals. Where's my patience? Right? David, through his patience, was able to build some relationships, was able to build some, uh, some, some character with the people so that when it did come time for everyone to say, we need a king, David did not have to say, do you remember that time when Samuel came? and anointed me, and said I was going to be the next king. He didn't have to say that. The people themselves said, we want you, David, to be our king. And even then, he had the patience to deal with the children of Saul in a godly, righteous manner. Right? So the good work that comes out of the provocation, the trouble, and delay. Moses tried it. Moses was told, hey, you're going to set our people free, don't you know? And Moses, when he saw some people fighting, said, hey, don't you know who I am? I'm Moses. I'm the one that's going to set you free. 
I'm the guy that's going to take you to the promised land. So listen to me now and stop fighting. How did that work out for him? Didn't, right? Patience is something that we need to have. So let's look at the next example, right? That perfect work. Be patient so that that perfect work can be exemplified in your life through your actions. Paul and Silas, Acts 16, 22 to 28. The crowd joined in attacking them, Paul and Silas. The magistrates tore the garments off of them and gave orders to beat them with rods. And when they had inflicted many blows upon them, they threw them into prison, ordering the jailer to keep them safely. Having received this order, he put them, the jailer, into the inner prison and fastened their feet in the stocks. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns. Sorry, you just got beat down and you're praying and singing hymns in the middle of a prison? They were praying and singing hymns to God and the prisoners were listening to them. And suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken. Pause. Do you realize that this is not the first time that God has taken people out of prison? It's not the second time God has taken people out of prison. But this is where we get to see some of that perfect work through patience. Because the previous two times, that's exactly what it was. Go away from this prison. And immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's bonds were unfastened. Now, if you're in prison and you've been beat and you've had your clothes torn and you've gone through all this misery and all of a sudden you find yourselves with unfettered shackles and, and, and doors that are wide open, what are you going to do? You're going to run. Amen? Well, my feet kind of hurt. I might limp a little out of that prison cell, right? Right? But when the jailer woke and saw that the prison doors were open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself because a prisoner, a, a guard, is in charge of the prisoners. You suffer the fate that the prisoners would have if you let someone go. So he's saying, hey, I'm not going to go through this torture. I'm not going to go through all this, this pain and suffering. I'll just kill myself now and get it over with. Because he was supposing that the prisoners had escaped. But Paul cried with a loud voice, do not harm yourself. For we are all here. Dude, these are the guys that just beat you and you're telling them don't kill yourself? At least let him scratch himself a little bit. Let him draw a little bit of blood, feel a little bit of pain, a little bit of, of that, that retribution, right? That, that, that vengeance, that I'm going to get you. No. Paul means to say, hey, stop, stop. We're all here. None of us have left. Your life is still yours. The perfect work that came out of it. Did Paul get a star? Did Paul get, you know, instantly healed? No. The perfect work that came out of it is the jailer and all of his family came and said, what do I got to do to be like you? 
what do I have to do to have some of these characteristics? What do I have to do to be saved? And the end result is the jailer and all of his family were baptized, gave their lives over to Christ, and that evening Paul and Silas were with them, rejoicing in the power of God. The perfect work is not you. The perfect work is not you getting even. The perfect work is not me being able to say, ha, got your back. The perfect work is God's plans for our lives. The perfect work is seeing what God had in store. It's always so much better than what I have. Amen? Yeah, but. There's always a yeah, but, right? Yeah, but you don't understand the pain, the suffering. We have a yeah, but example. Elijah, I love Elijah. Elijah, man, one of the most powerful men in the Bible, right? All that he's done, all the miracles, all, all the, the wonderful things that Elijah did, and yet it pales compared to his disciple, Elisha, who came and said, but I want a double portion. I want to do twice as much as what you did. And, and, and I share this a lot, and, and I love the example that, you know, Elijah raised someone from the dead. Elisha raised someone from the dead. But Elisha said, I want a double portion, which means I want to raise two people from the dead. And he didn't. In life. But later in the scripture, we see that, you know, as there's a war going on, someone died, and they said, hey, we really can't take them with us. We're being pursued. We got to get out of here. Here's a tomb. Let's just throw them in the tomb, and we'll take care of them later. And when they threw them in the tomb, the guy fell on the bones of Elisha, and bam, raised from the dead. The faithfulness of God, the patience that Elisha had that even in death, he got to see the fulfillment. But that's a freebie. We're, 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 we're talking about the yeah, but. And the yeah, but is Elijah. The man that prayed and said, Lord, let it not rain until I say so. And it didn't rain for three and a half years. How many of y'all have prayed for, some, for it to stop raining and it just rains harder? I've done that. You know, and it's like, maybe I should pray for it to rain harder and it might stop, right? But Elijah, the man that, didn't, that did this, and then he prayed again and it rained. And then the man that just had the boldness to say, hey, let's kill these 400 uh, priests of Baal. And then he's running away from a little old lady called Jezebel. Sometimes in our greatest victories, we are overcome by our greatest fears. The yeah, but moment. Elijah, 1 Kings 19.4, but he himself, he sent away his, his um, servant because he wanted a pity party. He wanted no one to encourage him and, 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 and raise him, him up. So he sent away everyone. He himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a broom tree and he asked that he might die saying, oh Lord, 
take away my life, for I am no better than my father's. And it goes on to say, you know, that he, he said, I'm the only one, Lord. I'm the only one. I'm tired of fighting this fight, God. I'm tired of being the only one that stands up for you. I'm tired of being alone. I'm tired of everyone attacking me no matter what I do. God, I just did this great miracle and we killed all of the servants of Baal and I got the queen now saying she's going to come kill me. I'm done. I'm tired. It hurts to breathe. I have to consciously tell myself to breathe in and breathe out. Lord, suicide is not the way, it's a sin. But please, just take my life. Please, God, let me die. Has anyone been there? Has anyone, I mean, come on. I, I can't be the only one that's had some of these thoughts, right? Tommy Barnett put it this way when they asked him, Tommy Barnett, the, the Dream Center in L.A., he has a monthly budget of $1 million to make sure that Dream Center is able to feed, clothes, house all of the people. And someone asked him, do you ever want to quit? Every day. And it's fine wanting to quit as long as you purpose in your heart and you know that you never will. See, Elijah made the mistake here of sending everyone away so he can have his pity party by himself because that way no one's there to build him up. He got tired. He said, yeah, but just let me go. And what did God do? God, the provider, the one that understands every pain, every heartache said, I got you, fam. Right? He sent people to, he sent animals to feed him, to encourage him. And then he said, now you're done. Get up and go. And he did. And that's when we see the growth, right? The Elisha, the guy that has a double portion. Told him, you're not alone. You got tons of people here behind you helping you out. Right? So, patience. What is patience? It's not waiting. That's the easy part. Waiting for someone to get ready waiting for my meal. We had an incident yesterday where patients, we went to McDonald's to get a Happy Meal, and that's all we ordered was a Happy Meal, and the car next to us placed their order, and then you know how the, the two, two lanes merge? And the car next to us didn't go, and I sat there, and I looked at them, and I looked at them, and I got impatient, and I went. And as I went, the guy that was in the passenger seat kind of did one of these, and he's either telling the driver, look at this idiot going when we're supposed to, or he told the driver, it's our turn. We should have gone. I don't know which. But we get up to pay, and the lady says, hey, so you ordered two McChicken sandwiches, a, a Frosty, and a milkshake? And I said, no, a Happy Meal. Oh. And she kind of did her thing, and I paid, and there was zero balance because we used our points. And I get the receipt, and I look at it, and I said, oh, I'm sorry. I ordered a Happy Meal. So, well, I asked you if you ordered two, two McChicken sandwiches, a, a Frosty, and a Coke, and a... Uh, and a shake, and you said yes. I said, no. I said a happy meal. 
my lack of patience caused me to have some suffering. It all sorted itself out. But again, what would have been the harm if I would have just waited another 30 seconds or just said, hey, it's your go. Right? It would have, I would have avoided some of that, that issues. Patience, a willingness and ability to suppress restlessness or annoyance when confronted with delay. Or annoyance when confronted with your brother, your sister, your spouse, your coworker, your fill in the blank. Because man, we get annoyed. Right? That's all it is. Long suffering. Enduring injury. Injury. Trouble. Or provocation. Long and patiently. Or the long and patient endurance of the injury the trouble, or the provocation. And I'm here to tell you, ladies and gentlemen, each of us has patience. We have this fruit. So the next time you pray to God and say, Lord, give me patience, and he gives that example in front of you to give you that opportunity to experience patience, you're going to blow it. I'm going to blow it. But that's okay. We keep trying. Because at the end of the day, it is a part of the fruit that is within us. Amen? Heavenly Father, I thank you, Lord, for this series. I thank you, Father God, for helping us to uh, expand on the characteristics and the attitudes that we should have as your children. I pray, Lord, that you help us surround ourselves with individuals who are going to help us see that we do have the fruit, that we do have the patience that we need to suffer those slings, to suffer those arrows, to suffer those misfortunes, And let us be examples to all those around us so that your perfect work can be seen. In Jesus' name I pray. And all the church says, amen.